0: I want to know if you've ever been in a situation where you had a problem, but you didn't realise how bad your problem was. There's this really great part of the internet that I love, where people give their colorblind friends these colour correcting glasses for the very first time. And so their vision is somehow fixed, and they can start to see really bright and vivid colours for the first time. And so they'll go around touching things and being like, is this red? And is this green? And then they usually start crying. And I'm crying too at this point. They didn't realize just how bad their color blindness was until they saw the new colors. Or maybe you guys might have heard about the guy who kind of just before this lockdown had COVID, but he didn't know he had COVID. And so he went to a bunch of shops and kind of spread COVID around, and so the news posted the list of places that he'd been to, and it was like five barbecue shops. (laughs) He didn't know he had COVID, which is a big problem, and he didn't realise just how bad of a situation he was in. Or maybe a little bit more relatable... When you guys were younger, maybe you had a broken arm or a broken finger or some sort of illness and you tried to tell your family about it, but they didn't really care. They're like, you'll be fine, and you're like bleeding out or something. You had a problem, but your family didn't realise just how bad that problem was. And now there's some funny examples, right? But it's also a serious issue. Sometimes people don't realise just how bad a personal problem is. Maybe an addiction, a temptation, maybe a relationship issue, or something else. We think we're fine, but we don't realise how bad our problem is. And so tonight, we're going to hear a story about some people who don't realise how bad the problem is. And we're going to see that Jesus came to call sinners, to save sinners. People who realise their problem and are in need of saving. So let's have a look at our first verse. It's going to come up on the screen so you can follow along. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. So for those of you who don't know, a tax collector was someone who took taxes from their fellow Jews and gave it to the government. Now, we don't really have a modern-day equivalent job, but I imagine their experience would be pretty similar to the guy who gives out parking fines. Like, nobody likes that guy, right? But for tax collectors, it was much worse than being the parking ticket guy. They were hated, they were considered traitors, they weren't allowed to go to the synagogue, they couldn't be judges or witnesses in court, and they were often a disgrace to their family. And so it was a pretty shameful job that Matthew had here. It made him an outcast of society. But Jesus sees him and says, follow me. Jesus didn't have to choose Matthew, right? He was assembling his team of ministers and disciples that were going to go out and spread the word. But he chose a traitor. He chose an outcast. And that just shows us Jesus' grace. And so Jesus now, he and his disciples and Matthew, they go down to Matthew's house for dinner. And so Matthew invites a bunch of other tax collectors and a bunch of other people, but they had questionable backgrounds. They were sinners. And so the religious leaders, it says in verse 10 and 11, the religious leaders were walking past Matthew's house. They smelt the food and they looked in and they saw that Jesus was hanging out with these questionable people. Maybe they thought they were robbers or people who had cheated on their husbands, but they were definitely tax collectors there. And so, the religious leaders say to Jesus' disciples in verse 11, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why is your teacher eating with the scum of society? Isn't it inappropriate? And you see, these religious leaders were judging Jesus for hanging out with these people because those people didn't fit with their system and didn't follow their rules. So, on hearing this in verse 12... Jesus said, next slide. Yep. On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus is saying here that he's like a doctor. Where do doctors go? To the hospital, to sick people, to the GP practice, Right? But what's the sickness Jesus is talking about? It's sin, right? We've got a good definition of sin on the next slide, which which says that sinning is any feeling or thought or speech or action that comes from a heart that does not put God first, that doesn't treasure God above everything else. Sin is disobeying what God says in the Bible about how we should live. Sin is more contagious than COVID. It's more life-altering than Alzheimer's. And it's more lethal than lung cancer. The fatality rate for sin without Jesus is 100%. Sin ruins absolutely every part of our lives. It affects our words, our actions, our choices, our hearts, our biology, our motivations, our relationships. It absolutely affects and ruins every part. It's the brokenness inside each one of us that doesn't put God in his proper place in our lives. We all have it. We, we've all got it. But what does Jesus mean if we can flick back to the passage when he says he came to save sinners, not the righteous? Well, I hope this little story can help. Is someone rustling? Yes. Yeah, we're good? <laughs> At the beginning of this year, um, I was feeling pretty tired and I ended up sleeping for about two or three days, which is very unusual for me. And I thought maybe, you know, I was just a bit worn out. Um, there wasn't, I wasn't really sick or anything, just, just tired. And so after about maybe the third or fourth day, I thought, you know, there's nothing wrong with me, but this is a bit strange, so, so maybe I'll go to the doctor. I'm not sick or anything, but just, like, just in case. This is weird. I've been in bed for three days. Turns out I had appendicitis. But my body, I didn't even know you could do this, fixed itself on its own so I didn't have to have surgery which is why I was so tired. My body was fighting appendicitis. Now, what's the point of this story? Well, I didn't think I was sick, so I didn't think I needed to go to the doctor. And this is what Jesus is saying in verse 13. If you don't think you're sick, you won't go to the doctor. If you don't think you're sinful, you won't go to Jesus, the doctor, the healer. Jesus hasn't come to save people who think they're good. He hasn't come to save people who think they're okay and righteous and don't recognise they have a problem. Jesus came to save sinners, people who recognise they have a sin problem. But guys, the sad thing is, is that many people in our world don't recognise this. They don't recognise that sin is a problem. They don't think they're sinful, just like I didn't think I was sick and the barbecue man didn't think he had COVID. In fact, today, some of you guys might even have friends and family who think it's offensive or rude for you to say that you're sinful or they're sinful. But if we're honest, I think we all know that we sin. I know I don't do the good things that I want to do, and I definitely do the wrong things I know I shouldn't. And God's Holy Spirit shows that to us. He shows us where we mess up and where we haven't treated God as our king. So that's a pretty heavy place to land, right? But that's not the end of the story. There is some good news. The good news, again, in verse 13, is that Jesus came to save sinners, sinners like you and me. And how did he do this? Through sacrificing himself to give us forgiveness. Jesus gives us the cure for sin, his life as a sacrifice, taking the punishment that we deserve so we can be forgiven. So what about you guys? Have you recognised that in your heart? Even if you're a Christian, it's a good thing to do. And We've got a verse that's going to come up on the screen, and I've used the children's version because it's a little bit easier to understand. It's from Psalm 51, and the psalmist is praying to God, and he says, God, you are not pleased by sacrifices. Otherwise, I would give them. You don't want burnt offerings. The sacrifice God wants is a willing spirit. God, you will not reject a heart that is broken and sorry for its sin. So if you guys do this, if you recognize your sin and you come to Jesus and ask forgiveness, he will forgive you and he will change your life and transform you. He'll give you a new life, a new relationship with him and more joy and hope and peace than you could ever imagine. Doesn't matter what you've done doesn't matter what choices you've made or who you were in the past. That invitation is open for everyone. So if we flick back to the other verse again, Jesus says something different to the Pharisees, the religious leaders. I don't know if you noticed, but he gives them some homework. It's not algebra or trigonometry. He gives them some spiritual homework. He says, Jesus says to these religious leaders, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Now, if any of you guys have switched on, you'll remember that we actually looked at this verse last term online when we did the book of Hosea. This is coming from that book of the Bible. And so what Jesus is saying here is that having mercy or kindness is more important to him than doing religious stuff for the wrong reasons. The Israelites did it, the Pharisees did it, and even we do it today. I'm guilty of it. How often do we go to our connect group or go to our Bible study but we ignore someone or a homeless guy on the street on the way home? How often do we go to church but then we walk out and have a fight with a sibling or a family member? How often do we read our Bibles and then just ignore what it says? What pleases Jesus according to this verse? Mercy, compassion, kindness to someone in difficult situations. Now, does that mean we support someone if, you know, we support their sin if they're a murderer or something like that? Of course not. But we point them to Jesus. Christians, God's people, should be ready to help those in need, ready to care for the lost, the broken and the outcast because that's who we were without Jesus. So how can we do this? What can you guys do? Well, you can show kindness to people who don't fit in maybe someone who's different to you, maybe someone who's a bit hard to love, or maybe someone who has something really bad in their past. You guys can do that. There's a um, family at our, our church, at the services over there, who have shown mercy to others by opening their home. They loved and included an elderly man who didn't have family of his own after he recovered from surgery. There's another family at our church who they welcomed into their home and Um, kind of got to know a young man who is a Christian, but his wife no longer follows Jesus. They also invited over and cared for a young woman who had been through an incredible amount of trauma. That's what Jesus' followers should be doing. But more specifically, what about you? Well, I want to tell you a story. A few years ago, um, a teenager who didn't really know a lot of Christians came to our summer camp for the first time. And after a few days there... He was absolutely blown away by the camp and more specifically by us, by how we treated each other, how we spoke to each other, how we treated one another like family. And he was absolutely blown away by that. And so wouldn't it be amazing if the people who came to Restore for the first time felt that same love, that they came away feeling welcomed and like they're a part of something and that there's something different about how we act Maybe that means we look out for people who go to different schools than us. Maybe we use our words to encourage and be kind to people. Wouldn't that be amazing? We do this so that people might come to know Jesus and feel his love through us. So, in summary, if you've zoned out, here's the last thing. We show compassion and mercy because Jesus has shown us compassion and mercy. Jesus came to save sinners Sinners like tax collectors and murderers and robbers and liars. But also sinners like selfish people and impatient people and unkind people. He came... (laughs) Dramatic. Jesus came to save sinners like you and like me. So I'm just going to pray in a moment that we recognise our sinfulness that we come to Jesus for forgiveness and that we show mercy to others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that your offer of forgiveness is to everyone. No matter what we've done, no matter what family we grew up in, no matter the choices we've made, Lord, help us to recognise our sinfulness. Show us where we haven't lived your way and help us to come for your forgiveness so that we might then show that mercy to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.